Welcome to the Naked Marketers, everybody. My name is Pete Wright, and I am sitting uh, on the virtual roundtable with Dane, Megan Strand. Megan Strand. Uh, Dane Christensen. Dane Christensen. We are, in fact, not uh, naked, but we are the Naked Marketers, and it is show number two. Thanks for downloading. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today, and uh, a great interview coming. I'm excited for the interview. So great. Uh, yeah, it is great. We're going to be talking to, uh, in addition to talking about very cool things, we're going to be talking to a very cool guy, Michael Pollack. He is a marketing and business development guy for SoloStream uh, and founder of the company, in fact, of SoloStream. SoloStream does, uh, is a development house. They do WordPress themes specifically targeted for businesses who use WordPress as their platform. And so Michael's going to talk to us about, uh, you know, about business and marketing authenticity and how he started the company and what he, um, uh, you know, was his basic business philosophy as an entrepreneur and and uh, building relationships with his clients and, and so on. So very, very much looking forward to that conversation a little bit later in the show. For now, what do we have to talk about, people? Where do we start? we got to start with Google Buzz, people. Google Buzz. Who who downloaded it? Did you guys both? Well, it's it's no, well, not so downloaded, it's in, but who signed up? Right. Well, I mean, I, I I did. I'm in it just because it's in my Gmail, right? And I don't yeah. really I don't really use Gmail because I'm a Google Apps guy. So and it, it it apparently Google Buzz won't come to Google Apps for another two months or something. But um, so I did it. Did you? Are you in? No. What? I couldn't do it. And you know why? I'll tell you why. Because I was watching people on Twitter saying how much they hated it and i just <laughs> couldn't yeah. do it dane did I, I did the same kind of thing no i saw a few mixed reviews and i thought you know i was so anxious to get wave because it sounded cool i've not used it once yeah hello and and i you know my gmail feeds into my mac mail so i'm never really in the gmail interface and um i you know just one of those things i didn't really feel like early adopting on this one i was just gonna say here we are on the bell curve again where peter is the early adopter. <laughs> oh. i didn't so, want to adopt just to adopt because dane and i would be talking not from experience tell us about your experience with google buzz are you well, in love with it do you love it no i'm so not in love with it and i feel like i'm i'm a traitor I know. I feel you like are, a you are the Gmail Google guy. There are so many people who I respect who are uh, really, uh, really in love with Google Buzz. They say it's the Facebook killer. I mean, you've got um, uh, Jason um, Calacanis saying that you know Facebook's value is going to plummet. We've got Scoble who is completely, um, uh, you know, taken over. Google Buzz. If you follow uh, Robert Scoble, you're you know good luck seeing anything else because so many people are are uh, participating in his buzzes. Apparently, uh, you know his participation in Buzz has caused Google to rethink their implementation of Buzz. Uh, so it's you know this. So let's let's actually yeah. take a step back and explain what, what is it, it is. Because, what? you know, I watched the video, so it's what? Like, you, you do updates, it links right into your existing contacts, you know, you auto-subscribe, which is, I think, part of the problem, right? Well, yeah, well, I mean, it's a, that's a bit of a, a misnomer, I think. I think a lot of folks are, are worried that the initial relationships that were established between you and your, I don't know, buzzies, your buzz, <laughs> your buzz friends... 
Uh, it came from the relationships you've already established through Gmail. So people you follow or people you email back and forth with r- regularly become your initial relationships in, in Buzz. And, you know, why? well, fine. Why is that a problem? Well, apparently, uh, you know, you end up with these Buzz relationships between you and your accountant or you and your attorney. And those are people who you may have very close relationships with, but not the kind of people that you may, uh, you know, want to be interacting with on buzz you may not have that kind of relationship and so you know um, uh, I think that was the first problem that it from there you get people who say no this is it's not just the kind of relationship that I have with my accountant this is a privacy issue because now when other people look at my follower list they can see that I am uh, that my you know who my attorney is and who my accountant and who my probation (laughs) officer right right so I I think that that became the the sort of second and and more important public relations problem for Google and I think they're going to address that they implemented it this way because you know uh, one of the shortcomings that many people see in these other services like Twitter and Facebook is that the growth or the follow relationships are are inorganic they you have to actually seek out follower relationships if you want to grow your followers you know you, you have to follow other people you know actively and and what buzz is trying to do is is help you find the relationships that you already have um, organically without having to work so hard uh, mm-hmm. to do that. So w- whatever, it is what it is. My biggest, uh, I, I don't know if it's a problem with it. For, the problem that I have with it is y- it's yet another stream. It's right. another life stream of conversation that is, uh, you know, that is just so busy. It's and so busy. Isn't it? Um, I mean, isn't their intent that they, they want to sort of be the end all be all of, status updates and sharing your life i mean they want this yeah. to sort of replace twitter and facebook right i mean they isn't do that... and they want businesses on it there are some businesses that are already uh, you know establishing their their buzz channels uh do you guys uh, did you guys do friend feed at all were you friend feed users no nope. i say that in the past tense because uh you know <laughs> even though friend feed still exists as it is it was purchased by facebook friend feed when I look at Buzz, I see FriendFeed version one, which was you know this live stream where you can you can put all your other streams into Buzz. So I can I can subscribe to my Twitter feed in Buzz. I can subscribe to my Facebook feed in Buzz, and everything. When I go to Buzz, I would then see and be able to post out to all right. of these other services from one place. And and for many people, that having that in Gmail is a good thing. Uh, but it doesn't give me anything more than FriendFeed ever did. And I don't use FriendFeed anymore. Mm-hmm. It got too busy, and frankly, the conversation was uh, was so... It, it was so easy for the conversation to deteriorate once the early adopters were no longer alone. Right. You know, when... Right now, the conversation on Buzz is, is fairly high level. You can find some, you know, good people having good conversations that are interesting if you dig a little bit. Uh, that's not going to last because it's Google and people will discover it and it's built into Gmail and suddenly you're going to have to have this responsibility of curating your own, you know, feed that I think it'll get overwhelming really, really fast. Unless yeah, Google and that's what I was seeing on Twitter was yeah. here's how you turn off the buzz in your inbox. Exactly. Like that's what I kept seeing and I thought, oh, I, that is not what I need. So exactly. I think we're going to be talking about Google Buzz for some time to come. So let's move on to something else newsworthy. Uh, okay, NBC Olympics. Anybody watching the Olympics? Of course, everybody's. I'm, watching I'm the having Olympics. a great time watching the Olympics. 
Let me tell you why I hate the Olympics. <gasps> it's not because of the sports or the athletes. They're all very fine people. It's because of NBC. <laughs> I hate NBC right now. I hate what they're doing with the Olympics. I hate the fact that I get all the gold medal updates uh, during the day, and I find yes. out all the performance and all the highlights, and when I tune in to primetime coverage, which is supposed to be freakishly awesome, what I get is a highlights reel that totally. looks like a retrospective from last year where they pretend that it's all happening live from sitting in front of their fake fireplace. That makes me crazy. Well, you know who makes me crazy is Bob Costas. I got to say, he it makes me insane. I know. I'm done with Bob. I'm done I wash my hands of Bob. Wow, guys. I love Bob Costas. <gasps> you do? <laughs> oh, I, come on. I, just, I, let's I, just talk about I, his wardrobe for a minute. I mean, please. Oh, okay. There's cows. Yeah. No. Really? Wardrobe is what Lauer. we're going to talk about? No, Bob Costas not. and Matt Lauer doing the opening ceremonies was hilarious. <laughs> I think it's a comedy routine, and I was laughing. Okay, but it's not supposed to be funny. That's why. Okay, but wait a minute. My favorite one was, uh, <laughs> what, the Cayman Islands? I don't know what he is. Loser, who knows? <laughs> and uh, and he's being introduced like he's the only athlete from the country. Bob Costas says, uh, uh, so he's born in the Cayman Islands, uh, went to a boarding school in England, um, uh, is going to Brown University, trains in Aspen, and despite this life of hardship... <laughs> <laughs> And man, I had to rewind it like five times to listen really to that again. That. It was okay, hilarious. Well, what does that have to do with marketing, people? This is the naked marketing. No, it, well, no, the commercials. Right. I mean, right. I'm just, well, let's talk about I just, I think, I, I don't know, right? But um, I don't, I should have better information on this, but it, it, it appears to me that the ratings have been much higher than anticipated uh, last night. Um, and I think it was, well, you had Lindsey Vaughn and, and Sean White um, with the snowboarding competition. Uh, that was the only one that was actually live, I believe. But uh, it beat American Idol in ratings. That's awesome. Pretty big deal. But, uh, yeah, apparently they're and, – and, I've you know, the ads have been okay. Um, you know, we're not, are, there not, any, are there any that really stand out to you? I, I was trying to think of that this morning. Like, what stands out? I uh, can't think of any. <laughs> No. Well, and you know, it's it's just hard when they try to make um, office supplies turn into something having to do with sports when it doesn't. You know, like I, they try I, to go know, for that Olympic heartstring pull and they're talking about pens or whatever it is. I, I just, I, it, it seems a little bit contrived for some of these products to even be Olympic advertisers. I've, I've seen a few Visa ads that I liked. Um, yeah, there are a they, lot of those. They were okay. And they're, yeah, a ton of them. And, but you know some that I liked. Uh, yeah, I'm getting real sick of that. Um, the guy that it looks like it's a dating website commercial, and it turns out he's in love with his Bud Light and his girl. That that uh, one plays about every ten minutes, I think. <laughs> uh, honestly, you know, it's funny that you mentioned Visa though, because I, you know, I do you know what the product is of the one you were just talking about? The dating but, one. It was but, Bud Light. It was Bud, Bud Light. Light. Yeah. I don't. I can't think of any other. Although it might have been Miller Lite. Yeah, see, there's the point. I think of Visa. <laughs> I think of how much I hate NBC, and I think of Visa. <laughs> so it begs the question, you know, I mean, it, it, it's back to the Super Bowl conundrum, right? I mean, is it worth the massive spend to get your uh, to get your message in the Olympics? Well, it is a cartel, by the way. I mean, Visa and NBC, it's, when yeah, it comes it's to the Olympics, to break in it, there. It, it is kind of a cartel. I mean, it really is. If you are the... You know, I mean, when Salt Lake was sponsoring the Olympics, uh, 
that's you know when we sort of learned a little bit more about how big a deal major sponsors were to the whole thing and uh getting visa on means everything really to the host city right or you know to the olympics themselves and of course nbc big money they claim they're going to be losing money i'll be interested to see if they do i think they were projecting a 200 million dollar shortfall uh, whose fault is that i wonder if the ratings are so good i that's yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, I you know, I I wonder. I mean, you look at the uh at at why the ratings are so good because people in the United States don't have any other place to watch the Olympics. Uh you talk about cartel back to you know, not to you know, put too fine a point on it, but I do hate NBC. <laughs> uh, well, and, and know, so do you think the Canadians like... the Canadians are going through go are are, are you know I, I talked to a friend of mine in Canada who says you know our coverage has been absolutely stellar. Not only do we have it on all day long live, uh, but you know each of the four major uh, you know uh, original Canadian tribes have had all of the coverage translated, not just kind of machine translated and teleprompted, but they have color commentators for each of those languages live the whole time i mean all day long and we get primetime nbc that's what we get so why yeah. are the ratings so high because no one can watch it anyplace else they're all yeah, being so, filtered into this 8 to 11 uh time so it's slot. a strategy and if and if you know if a lot of people feel the exact same way you do pete uh then you, you know then why did they beat the american idol last night yeah and all, and what else could <laughs> they have done right i mean Seriously, it, it, to go into the Olympics and say, well, we're going to lose money here, and again, who knows if they really are, but could they at some point have said, maybe a, a, maybe a different strategy would make that not possible? Like, maybe it's not inevitable. Maybe it's not inevitable that we're going to lose money on this. How can we switch this up? And I assume smart people, you know, since so much money is involved, have thought through it, but then again, it's NBC, and they've done some things so not smart as an organization this past year mm-hmm. that you really wonder you know, who, who's involved in this kind of decision-making. Yeah. Because it just can't be inevitable that you're going to lose money. It just can't be. Yeah. Well, it's it, it, so far, I mean, just in terms, let's go back to the, just in terms of the coverage. Does it, do uh, you think they've done a good job with the, the coverage of the sports during their prime time? Well, I mean, uh, at fear of like having our heads chopped off if we say yes. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, Pete, <laughs> knowing um, what the answer should also, be. Well, Pete, I I'll share my real think? feeling later. <laughs> yeah, you know, for me, it depends on what I'm watching. Honestly, I, I, I was excited to see Lindsey Vaughn's thing. Um, I really was. I thought it was fun to watch. Uh, I know they cut a few things out that, you know, people that weren't going to meddle and, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, they, they cut it. Maybe they could have cut it more. I don't know. I don't know how much they need to be, you know, going back and forth uh, between sports. They sort of pick the ones they're going to showcase and show the whole thing, more or less, slight edits. Uh, I, I was, again, that, that women's downhill is just crazy sport. And then the half pipe, you know, I DVR'd it and, and, skipped the middle part really wanted to see sean white uh he was amazing um some of that stuff drags on so you you know i I don't know i haven't found myself questioning it though i haven't found myself saying wow nbc really is sucking at covering this stuff you just wait you just wait christian tonight tonight i'm gonna haunt your dreams (laughs) and what's what's tough though really so i don't know how nitpicky you want to get on this and this is we're we're way away from uh, marketing i think but you get these non-sportscasters who are however you know an expert in the sport being the color commentary (laughs) and oh man it can be 
just super annoying. Like, wow, they're, you know, ten tenth of a second off there. You can really see that mistake. Well, none of us no, can, you see can, can see that mistake. <laughs> no one can no. see the mistake. Unless he falls down on his face, I can't see the mistake. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how to announce Unless you see, what's, it, what's his name? Uh, the 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 short track speed skater who uh, Apollo uh, Ono. No, no, no. The other guy who had the who took uh, I guess what was it uh, silver or bronze or something. The guy who, the who in the in the last in the his last training race months ago ended yeah, he up fell and gashed he, his own <laughs> leg with his you own know, skate. That's what I'm saying. Unless there is blood pumping out of your femoral <laughs> artery, I didn't see the mistake. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, thoroughly annoying. That, <laughs> Uh, and and we can laugh about it now because you know he's a medal winner and congratulations on that win. Uh, and moving right along. And moving right along. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so. We didn't talk about that. Facebook just overtook Yahoo as the most visited site in the United States. So now it's number two. Can I can I just say something about that? Please. I haven't actually intentionally visited Yahoo in about five years. I agree. Who goes to Yahoo anymore? I will tell you who goes to Yahoo. The people who search and don't pay attention to what they're clicking on. That's who goes to Yahoo. Wow. It's just I, seems fa- like I such found a- myself there for Yahoo answers to questions I've asked Google. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and the only other time I've been there was to uh, make sure that a business is registered on Yahoo Local, which I don't know if anybody's going to find them once they are, but... yeah. I've done that. So, so does this, given that, given the fact that you know, I mean, maybe we are not good indicators, but uh, does this tell us anything uh, uh, substantive about, uh, you know, Facebook that we didn't already know? Nope. I mean, Yahoo is already sold out. Uh, you know, it's. I guess Bing is going to be doing Yahoo's, uh, providing Yahoo's search. Bing is like eating up everybody. Well, you know, they've got, they've got, they're putting skin in the game. That's good news. Yeah. And and you know, the search is good. I I think in terms of. Yahoo finding a business model, it's really too bad because, you know, Yahoo's search was also good uh, until they forgot that they were a search company. Right. Uh, well, and I think that's what Yahoo's been like the king of copycat. That's like, yeah. which is a real oh, problem. Well, and I think that Yahoo may be because eBay is really big now. And exactly. I mean, you know, it's like, I, that's not a, I don't know. Well, that that's well, I, the illustrative point here, right? Is that is, you know, I mean, as soon as you forget what your business is, <laughs> yeah, good point. Bad. That well, is no, bad. Like from, a, from a branding perspective, if you've asked the average person on the street, uh, what is Facebook, they're going to have a good idea of what it is. If you ask them, what is Yahoo? Uh, you can't uh, ask Yahoo what that is. They don't know. Yeah. Hmm. And, and they've got, some, yeah, they've got Yahoo real estate is a, a good real estate search. I don't know. They've probably got a few other things. They, they bought up a whole bunch of technologies. and But outside of... Um, being a search engine that is seems completely unnecessary. Um, yeah, I mean, what is it? What, what have they really defined or branded, or where are they getting traction other than just sort of losing? They're a glob of of something that I think the average person couldn't really define in an effective way, and and nothing really rises to the top as being an essential component, that, an essential service that Yahoo offers. And by the way, a quick little um. Uh, complaint here. Uh, Yahoo uh, Local, if you want to get your listing on there, uh, unlike Google, um, all you're going to get is a very basic listing unless you want to pay money to have your logo or any sort of enhanced information about your business. 
Uh, I thought that was a little risky move on their part. Well, I mean, when you're not making money any other way. <laughs> sure, yeah, you know, got to no, make money I, that's, somehow. That's too bad. I, I feel bad for Yahoo, but I not that bad. I mean, I, this has been a long, painful decline. I, you know, here I am on the Yahoo homepage, and search is provided by uh, Bing, and the recommended <laughs> sites are Gmail. Oh, that's funny. Y you know, really? So I, I don't know. It doesn't surprise me that Facebook has taken over. Yeah, no, um, it doesn't. But it's still cool that they're number two now. But so. it is it is cool the number two. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know. How is uh, how are you guys using Facebook these days? Well, <laughs> silence. Well, absolute. Crickets. Really? <laughs> a, qu a quick thank you to Megan on the last show for really railing on this block apps thing. That's been helpful. I had not blocked apps before. I, I had hidden, you know, annoying people, but I hadn't blocked their apps. And I've got uh, oh, it's so a nice. relative somewhere who's really, it, it was really timely because right about the time we, we got off that show, I got maybe 10 different, you know, app ridiculous Mafia things. Farmville. Oh my gosh. They were mostly Farmville. Blocking apps. And then I showed my wife and she was delighted. So, hey, that's sure a great trip. It is Blo a trick. Blo blogging yeah. apps. I haven't been super active outside of that, though, but I'm trying to do a little better job with my Facebook uh, business page. And that's partly, Peter, and thanks to you and what you were talking about last time about, uh, you know, sort of committing to a daily, and I haven't gone that far, but committing to, you know, daily updates and, and watching the traffic sort of come in. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think it's one of those things we need to talk about with Michael, which is this idea of, of looking at, you know, you, if you're gonna, if you're gonna go in this direction, you need to, you, you need to commit and and right. see uh, and, and and test those results. Uh, uh, so I, you know, I'm still I'm still happy with with Facebook, and and I still think it's worth being there. Um, I'm I'm really curious how now that. We have other, you know, other services like Buzz in the market who seem to be intentionally going after Facebook mm -hmm. in a more sort of open capacity. Uh, I like what's going to happen there. I like the new interface, by the way. That was a subtle change. The new Facebook, new Facebook interface. Yeah. Peter it, felt personally slighted that he didn't get an email from the CEO letting him know <laughs> he was going to change. No, that's that's, that's, yeah, not, that's not entirely true. I I just think it's mm. funny that uh, it, it's one of those things that surprises me about a company that has as big a user base as, as Facebook that they still do these tiny iterative changes as frequently as they do. And I yeah. think that's a really good thing. I think it's a good thing that they they iterate and develop constantly. I think that's a oh, really sure. a, a sign of of of, you know, active uh, growth and, and concern. I think that's terrific. Um, I think that it's it's just such a funny uh, thing that it seems like every two weeks I log in and oh, good lord, they've done it again. Where did this go? Now, how do I get where I? You know, can I just tell you a story about Facebook? Sure. And this is just a little personal thing for me. So there's this guy from high school. Did I already tell you this story? Well, I don't know. Okay, so there's this guy from high school who I didn't like in high school. And he's one of those people that I don't know why I'm following him on Facebook. What's his name? I'm not telling you because we're on the internet. But so he's got this business, some what? auto something business. And he puts these posts on Facebook like, I do paintless dent repair, great, cheap, all caps. Like, 
I'm good too. Call my number. All caps. And he posts these periodically. So being the nice person that I am, I emailed him and said, Hey, how's that Facebook advertising working for you? You know, if you want to talk about taking your Facebook advertising to the next level, let me know. I'd be happy to talk to you about that. Nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. Well, he's probably very happy with his And Facebook like right after I sent that email, there was another post with the yeah. exact, I'm like, that can't be working for you. <laughs> when when your first instinct when you read it is to pitch him on yes, your own service right. that's not that's not a good thing no it's not um, so anyway yeah i don't think we need to keep talking about that either. all right well, well, although, you know what let's I, what i'm Go gonna on. throw one other thing out okay. that, that i do think and maybe this is this is probably another show um but the facebook uh ads i think there's still a a huge opportunity for local businesses that seem to not be adopting this Totally. Yeah, I totally agree. I we, think we could do a whole we need show. To get, we Facebook need to get somebody yeah. on from Facebook to, to join us and talk about that. It's I think you're right. Huge opportunity. Uh, but, you know, for now, I think we should bring on our uh, our distinguished guest, uh, um, uh, guest uh, interview here. Shall awesome. we? All right, let's do it. Uh, we're going to be talking to uh, Michael Pollack again. He's in marketing business development now and founder of Solostream.com. Michael Pollack. Now, Michael is a, uh, according to the website, uh, Michael, you are a marketing and product development guy for Solostream.com. Tell it, what does that mean, Michael? Uh, what, what does it mean that you're marketing and product development guy? Well, Solostream is basically a WordPress theme uh, seller. We develop and sell WordPress themes. And so, I develop all the themes, and um, although there are a couple of other people <clears throat> on the team, um, I'm pretty much the, the center center of attention as far as developing themes. So that kind of covers the product development aspect of it. As far as the marketing, um, I'm sort of the front guy. Um, I, I do most of the writing on, on the, you know, the company website. Um, I do most of the... Um, Networking. Not that I do a lot of networking, but most of the online networking uh, for for SolarStream, and um, you know that's the extent of our marketing. And and SolarStream was built and has survived primarily on search engine marketing. And so um, you know organic search engine, search engine marketing. And and so I handle a lot of a lot of that on the site as well. Well, I you know you, uh, that's a. a fascinating um, sort of genesis of, of the company uh, and, and sort of how you've, you've built momentum. I, I, I think I found you because I am on your list and, uh, and you just sent out a, a new uh, theme that you guys have been working on, which is uh, just another in a long line of really, uh, you know, beautifully uh, designed and architected themes. Uh, and, and, uh, and so we started a little email conversation about kind of what you do and, and, um, uh, I, I think what, as we started digging into more about SoloStream, what we really got interested in is this idea of how you guys tell your story and, and some of the business development writing that you have done and the philosophies that you appear to carry over. Uh, and so I, I think we'd like to start with that. I know Megan has, uh, has been uh, chomping at the bit to, to kick, <laughs> off, kick off the first question uh, about your uh, authenticity. Megan? Yeah, you know, I Peter sent the link to SoloStream directly to your about page. So the first thing I actually read about SoloStream 
was your mission, what we do, and then why we do what we do. And I'm just fascinated with this because you come right out and say we are about freedom. We love freedom. We love helping entrepreneurs and small businesses do what they love to do and giving we love to give them the freedom to do that. And then we love the internet and technology. And oh, by the way, we have these really great WordPress themes. And I just love I love marketing from that perspective. And we were looking at your blogs and business development topics. And I just thought it was so cool because when you start with we're about freedom in the internet, then it gives you license to talk about freedom in the internet in a lot of different ways, in ways that benefit your your customers way beyond providing really cool themes, which you obviously do. So I was just hoping you could talk a little bit about that. And um, does that play into how you write and market? And, you know, is that how you start your your marketing message is, is, is for you. Is that, is that where it comes from? Yeah, I think everything nowadays, especially, uh, starts with authenticity. People, when they're online, um, and, and this evolution started probably a good six or seven years ago, um, with people really expecting authenticity from from the vendors that they find online. So when you go to a website and you read sort of that corporate speak, um, you know, the stuff that's been run by the PR department, and it's really not coming from a person, but it's coming from a company, I think people have really grown tired of that. And, and again, um, that's, that's something that started uh, way back when blogs really started to, to become a, 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 a well-used tool, I guess you could say. So when I started SoloStream, and, and by the way, for the record, I no longer own SoloStream. I actually sold it in, uh, in September 2000, not 2008. Okay. 2009, 2008. And um, I've just kind of stayed on with them, uh, helping them out and, and continuing to handle marketing and product development. So, um, so back to when I, you know, when I started SoloStream, I just wanted to do it in a way that was authentic, that was an expression of, of who I am, and not do it as some sort of um, obscure or corporate speaking kind of uh, kind of kind of person. You know, I just wanted to be real with people and and as much as possible. You know, people want to do business with other people. They don't want to do business with a website. They don't want to do business with a company. And um, that's kind of my philosophy on marketing. And, and I think it's pretty become pretty much a standard in the sort of web 2.0 plus world that we live in. But I think there's a lot of people out there that don't get that. And as a result, I agree. you know, you see a whole lot of, of junky clutter out there and people wonder why. And then you read something like this that obviously reflects who you are. I just you did a great job with that. So I was just really impressed with that. And I, yeah, thank you. You know, it's a funny thing. It seems like uh, it seems like the you know, and this is part of the the genesis of the web 2.0, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, movement in this context uh, is that the people who seem to write with the greatest authenticity are the people who got burned elsewhere. Uh, or, or have experienced the uh, you know the the sort of big company uh, hyper controlled uh, messaging the review and approve uh, you know at every turn sort of of uh, business communications process and and this is is what comes from that is 
is this reactionary sort of the pedal the the, uh, the the pendulum is is swinging the other way and we really we have the ability to communicate from you know from our hearts about what what it is that we do and and there, there's a lot of power to that absolutely absolutely it's it's just um like i said i think more and more people really expect that and the ones who don't expect it um i i think it's a great surprise when they discover a company that 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 does business that way and that communicates that way and so you Mike, can't lose michael this is dane i i um yeah i mean it is really impressive that we've kind of got two things going on here one is you've established these principles that you sort of operate under and and uh help uh, establish this authenticity but you've also then followed it up with these great blogs and 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 it's maybe one of the best websites I've seen where a company offering a product or service is incorporating active blogging, uh, um, you know, in addition. And, and, and Megan, you know, mentioned that. That's like, oh, by the way, you know, we do WordPress themes. Um, but I'm curious in, from your perspective, um, why, why do you think, or from your experience, why do you think businesses fail to do that so often, uh, fail to have a blog or, or to do well with it? I think there's probably a number of reasons. Um, one reason is they just may not understand the uh, the value of of doing a blog and connecting with people on a more personal, more authentic level. Um, so that's probably one big reason is they just, you know, for lack of a better word, they're kind of ignorant to the to the value there. Um, another thing is some people just don't believe in blogs. Some people just don't believe that. Um, that's the way to go. Um, they have a sales page. They have, um, you know, sort of well-defined uh, product uh, product pages, and they they kind of keep a uh, uh, more of an anonymous kind of we're the company, you're the customer, and they have that sort of that screen or that filter up between their between their customers and potential customers. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious um, from you, Pete. Um, I'm curious how you feel about what he just said because you know I, th I think he's making perfect sense. Um, I think he is, but I'm curious what your opinion is. But I also, Pete, wonder if you have some examples of uh, where you, or, or at least some ideas of what you think is a really bad approach for a business when it comes to blogging. Well, I yeah, I'm I, I certainly do. I I think. Um, uh, in my experience, there are two ways that companies you know who are new to blogging who hear that they need to blog two ways they get into it and to take your second the second part of your question first and what they end up doing is is you know republishing press releases in a blog feed or uh, you know other company announcements and that 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 kind of becomes the the de facto blog for the organization what can we put on the blog what other news do we have about the organization and i think that's why you know the the solo stream blog and those companies that do it well stand out uh, because they're the the companies that are giving away um, you know useful uh, content that is is related and yet not so related that it doesn't uh, it doesn't reach a wide audience. Um, I, I think the other thing uh, to go back to the first part of your question, the other reason uh, that that I think companies, um, you know, don't jump into blogging is this idea of of uh, fear, uh, fear uh, that is really the number one thing that I get from my clients. And and Michael, I'm interested in your thoughts on this. Is oh my gosh, I, I certainly don't want to start a blog, particularly a blog where people could comment, because 
what if they say something scary? What if they say they hate me? What if they say they hate my company? Uh, we we want to disable comments. We want to be very, very sort of uh, 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 careful about what we post on the blog. We've, everything has to be approved. Messaging has to be approved. And and I think what we're seeing is the companies that do it well are, are really swinging the other way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, who who wouldn't want to know if they have an unhappy customer? I don't I don't get that whole line of thinking. Um, and, and besides, if they're not posting it on your blog, they're posting it somewhere online. Um, they may be posting it on their own blog in a forum, but I mean, you can do a search on almost any company, and if there's some some negative stuff out there, you're going to find it. I mean, Google is everywhere, and and there's really no way around it. So I just don't understand companies who take that approach. Um, to trying to keep their um, dirty laundry from from getting out there. You know, the, the fact of the matter is, if you have dirty laundry, then you should clean it. You know, fix the problems that that are making people unhappy, and um, stop trying to hide it. Well, yeah, I mean, you just hit on kind of the double-edged sword of it all, right? It's this idea that, you know, we, you may not want somebody to post negative comments on your own site, but it is far worse for your online image to have somebody posting negative things on their site and linking to you. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's just a, that's, that's kind of a handy tip. And I, it, it leads me to a question that I've uh, been jawing over here. Uh, Michael, when you're talking to, you know, in the, over the years that you've been designing for, for business in particular, uh, when you're talking to businesses and business owners, what are the key things that you tell them they need to be considering uh, for their online presence? Uh, you know, we've, we've already talked about an authentic blog. Where do you go from there? Boy, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> you know, that that's that's kind of the big overall picture is you need to communicate with authenticity. You need to very clearly communicate what your product or service is all about. And the rest of it is building relationships and, and adding value. And I think, Pete, you mentioned earlier that a blog and you didn't say it directly, but you implied, you know, a blog is a really great content delivery mechanism. And that's, and that's really what it's all about. It's a relationship builder and it's a mechanism to put content out there, helpful content, valuable content, content that will attract uh, customers, readers, new relationships. Um, and, you know, once you have your positioning of your company or of your product down and you have uh, a solid product delivery process in place, um, the rest is just connecting with people, just getting out there and building relationships and I, there's just not much better than, than having a blog as sort of the, the central central point of that effort. Can I say, you know, Pete, you brought up fear. Um, I know we're, we're shifting a little bit to, you know, let's get beyond uh, just just the blog as, as, you know, the only, I guess, focus of the content. But that fear thing is, I think, affects everything. And, and I, you know, as Michael's talking about, gosh, why wouldn't you want to know these things? And, you know, he's really sort of start, the way I see it is it's a company whose real, you know, essence or ethos is, you know, we, we are this, we are communicating, we are not afraid of our customers and, and their opinions, and we are not afraid of our opinions. We're not afraid of what we have to say, and we're not afraid of being overly, um, whatever, I mean, corporate's a bad word, but, you know, um, careful, I guess, overly specific about 
every word that we put out. And I've just worked for a great many companies who are terribly concerned about every line uh, on any press release or on a website or a brochure gets combed over, passed through five committees. And it is such a shift for that company to say, and blogging is okay, and it's natural conversational language, and it's an interaction with your customers, and we're here to listen, and we are not in total control of, of, of a few specific words. So that thing, fear, it's just, I, I don't see a lot of companies getting over that anytime soon. Well, fear, uh, yeah, the, the only thing that, that uh, fear does best is, you know, create more fear and paralysis. You know, I, it's... It, it, that is what I think you've, at least the way it hits me, what you've described is, is you know, corporate communications offices that are paralyzed to take any action whatsoever without, you know, being vetted. Uh, and, and I think right. this, this trend is, is bucking that, and it's really refreshing. I'm curious to know, Michael, if you, you know, you're obviously starting with this great, you know, what we're all about, and are you finding that your customers resonate with that as well? Are, are your customers sort of the same kind of small business entrepreneur people who say, okay, here's what I'm about and, you know, I need your product because it helps me communicate that? Do you find that or is it mixed? You know, you've got some people who are a little bit scared. They think you've got a cool product and then you've got others who sort of resonate with that very authentic message and try to do that with their customers as well. Well, you know, I would say that people you buy and use our products because of the product itself more so than necessarily what we stand for or what what we represent mm-hmm. um, you know when it comes to having a website it's really sort of a visual um, there's a visual appeal there that sort of trumps everything so if we put out a WordPress theme that is not visually appealing it's just not going to sell regardless of what it says on our about page um, if we put out a WordPress theme that has some broad uh, aesthetic appeal again it doesn't really matter what it says on our about page as long as they some you know people like the look of it and they say hey my website can look like that um, there there's a good chance that they're gonna buy it now you know there's probably a small percentage of people who make their decision to buy a theme from us versus buying a theme from one of the other many theme providers out there because they resonate with with how we do business and and how we communicate but and and I don't have any statistics to back this up but I would I would say that percentage of people is relatively small I would say it's it's more about the product and it's more about um, people seeing something and saying I want my website to look like that, or I want my blog to look like that. Well, it's, so, it's interesting you say that. And I want to. I've got a Dane. I want you to talk about this. It's. I just had this conversation with a client uh, regarding direct mail, and they wanted to. They just have an urgent need to get a postcard out, and and uh, you know, it's a postcard that is not part of any campaign to a brand new list, and you know, our, we're expecting, uh, you know, sub. 0.2% response rate on this. It's it's an untouched list to non-customers. And yet, in my experience, uh, mailing to and emailing to people who are your customers, who have bought from you once, uh, you get an order of magnitude uh, increase in, in response rate, in people who want to stick with you. So once they've been with you and, and know what you're all about and know your product, they stick with you. I mean, Dane, you're the data guy. Is that, am, I, am I just making things up? Yeah. Uh, um, 
I mean, I don't have uh, any statistics uh, on response rate, um, at least on anything recent. It's certainly true, though, that, yeah, a direct mail response rate to a list that you've never used before, or even one that you have, uh, yeah, people, you're mailing to people who have never been your customer. Um, it's really all just, you know, it all breaks down to a familiarity with, with your company or your business or your people or, you know, whatever. And if, and if you're coming at somebody out of nowhere um, with a message uh, that they've just never connected to before, yeah, your, that person's um, propensity to respond is at least, I mean, you could say from a direct mail perspective, maybe we go from 0.4% response rate to 1.7 or something like that. Um, but it's really just kind of general, you know, a marketing rule, I think, that underlies the whole thing that says your very most um, important, you know, or valuable, I guess, from a marketing perspective, uh, target is your current customer. Current because you want to keep them. Current because you might want to upsell them or sell them more current because they may refer other people to you uh, and and then it goes to past somebody you know who in the past was a, a client or a customer at some point and then it goes to somebody who's talked to you but they never bought um, you might call it an unconverted lead and it just goes back from there and if you aren't focusing on those categories at the top uh, first that you're you're missing the big opportunity yeah and, and, yeah and it might it might even be I read this on uh, Seth Godin's uh, blog last week that um, he had this whole approach as the greatest marketing thing ever is to deliver above and beyond for your current clients, you know, um, wow them, which is certainly not a new concept, but you know he just felt like sort of whatever railing on at that particular moment that wow I have this brilliant concept people should try this, um, don't underdeliver, don't give them the minimum, you know possible or minimum expectation give them something more and see what happens uh call it your marketing program yeah i you know i think that gets back to to what michael just said that that really stuck with me it's that you know people might and i'm only thinking really right now about my own behavior right when i am and working on a project for a client I, i have maybe two or three uh you know sort of themes that i start working with and and you know, I, I may start visiting SoloStream or, uh, you know, Studio Press or whoever because I like the visual style and because the themes are the theme is easy to work with. I come back because it's a trusted relationship. And I think that's the that's the point of all this is is figuring out what is the best way to build a trusted relationship with your, you know, with your clients, a, a repeat purchase relationship. I would agree with that definitely, and I and I think um, the we just kind of recently started doing an email newsletter, and um, it's something that hadn't been done much over the past year, and that's you know that that newsletter goes out to people who've bought something from SoloStream or who have opted into our email list, and. You know, if they don't come to your blog every day or when you publish something new, that's really the only way you have to connect with them. And that's sort of like, you know, that's that's the only way to reach those people. So you have to have some sort of mechanism in place to be able to um, not only initiate a relationship with people, but to maintain that relationship in, in, a, in an authentic way that doesn't sort of abuse 
um, abuser relationship because people can hit the unsubscribe button very easily, and uh, and so you, you can't really, you know, you don't really want to take advantage of, of uh, looking at, at that person as a lead or a possible sale. I mean, it's really you need to continually deliver value, whether it's through a newsletter, through your blog, whatever, because if you don't, the, the next the next competitor out there will, and and you'll lose that relationship. Michael, would you say um, that from a marketing perspective, um, and you probably have other reasons for blogging than you know just what we'd call marketing, but would you say the number one reason for for your company and maybe for other companies to blog is to establish authenticity, or or what other things would you say? Yeah, there, there's the marketing benefit to blogging. So a couple of other things, maybe besides establishing authenticity. Or Peter, if you have any thoughts on that. Or well, Megan, I, of course. <laughs> I, 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 I think um, whether you establish authenticity or not is probably an offshoot of what the real purpose is, which is to sort of establish and nurture a relationship with that particular person. And I think that's what what's really valuable about blogs, is that you can uh, sort of nurture a relationship. And um, if you do it the right way, which means you kind of show up and just be whoever you are, and and continuously deliver value through your content. Um, and, and you know you you don't have to write the way our you know the way our about page is. You just have to write the way you are. And for some people, that might be straight-laced and buttoned down, and there's going to be a, a sort of a, a group of people out there who, who resonate with that and who connect with that. You know, people connect with people who are like they are. And so I think the, the key is to just show up as whoever you are um, and, and, you know, build a relationship that way. Well, and I think you've also established yourself yourself as an expert on WordPress. I mean, not only are your blog posts, I mean, it's not like you're just sort of waxing philosophical about freedom and the internet. I mean, you have really helpful blog posts about, you know, the top 10 plugins for 2010 and improving your search engine rankings. I mean, you're really, like you said earlier, providing you're providing value when you're touching your customer and that's how you're creating that relationship because you're not just saying hey here's our new theme by this here's another theme by this we just updated this theme by this I mean you're constantly coming back and just giving them more value because you know they already have a WordPress theme so you're supposing they're using it and you know WordPress is a sort of platform that changes and you can do a lot with it so by establishing yourself as that expert you're really that's where that relationship comes from I think yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I think if you can provide content that's, I mean, obviously, our you know our market is is people who are using WordPress and people who are interested in starting a website or a blog, and they, you know, what what better platform is there than WordPress to do that? At least in my opinion. Um, so, you know, we want we want to win as many people over to WordPress as possible, and also to to do whatever we can to help them better use WordPress. And make it a tool that's that's a central part of the business. Okay. Can I ask Michael? Um, you know, uh, one of the reasons certainly that a lot of companies um, blog is is in the hopes that those would be shared and that somehow people might find your your website or um, 
you know, find your product because uh, you, you've got such a great post that, you know, people shared it. Do you make a, um, I mean, without giving anything away and you can, <laughs> you, you know, you can share only as much as, you know, whatever you want to share, but um, we've got the option at the bottom of your blogs, of course, to share. And I, I'm just wondering if you guys, um, if you feel like you do a pretty good job of, of sort of watching that and seeing, you know, which ones become the most popular or shared the most and does that help um, shape future um, content? Um, I don't really, you know, we don't really watch it that closely. I mean, I, I, I get Google alerts anytime SoloStream is mentioned in, in or shows up in Google. Um, you know, I watch TweetMeme and things like that to see if posts have been shared. Um, but that's really all I do to really to, to see if our stuff is out there getting shared. I mean, I think that the primary driving force of the content that I create is, will this help a WordPress user? Um, you know, will it help somebody do something that um, that could be challenging? Like, you know, there's 8,000 WordPress plugins out there, so why not tell people, hey, these are my top 10 favorites that I think you should be using, um, and, you know, somebody else is going to have their own top 10, so, um, but yeah, to answer your question, I, we don't really track it, you know, we just kind of keep a loose, what, what we do, what I do at least, is I just kind of watch the traffic over a period of time, and I look at um, what's getting the most traffic, and that's kind of the way that I track things. That makes sense. Okay. Thank you. You know, speaking of uh, you know, uh, uh, plugins and things that are shiny. Uh, I, I'm looking at your site, and I'm I'm a little bit fascinated only because of of what seems to me to be something that is missing. I'm wondering if that's a, if this is a strategy. Uh, when I go to SoloStream, I don't see uh, all the badges for Twitter and Facebook and Buzz and Dig and none of those things are. I don't see any of the um, any of the big follow me, follow me, follow me badges. Do you guys uh, do you do that uh, intentionally or or are you just not there yet? Yeah, exactly. We're just not there yet. We're not we're not really um, trying to actively build a Facebook fan page because, frankly, I'm still on the fence whether that's even something that's worth the investment. Um, as far as Twitter, you know, I'm not a big Twitter guy. I, 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 don't, I don't use it that much. Um, you know, we have our content that gets dumped into Twitter for the people that are following us. But, you know, Twitter is like a very, just very social kind of uh, tool. And frankly, I'm just not very social. You know, I, 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 try to, I try to connect with people. I try to connect with people where and when I can, but it's not something that sort of, you know, that sort of drives me. I'd rather spend my time trying to create content that um, that will have, I think, a longer-term impact and and sort of a, a deeper impact. But um, yeah, that's that's the big reason is is we, you know, we just haven't made a decision that okay, we're going to really focus on Twitter and Facebook and all those and. Um, and so that's why you don't see them on, on the site. Well, and I noticed that you've got pretty good, I mean, really very active blog participation. That's a, that's a great thing. I mean, I, 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 would, I would think if you're posting blogs, hoping for comments and getting nothing, maybe you'd say, well, gosh, what else can we do here? But you're obviously uh, connecting with your customers and people are appreciating what you're saying and you've got people responding back to your posts. 
Yeah, we, we get a few comments. I mean, I, I think for the level of traffic that we get, um, we don't get that many comments relative to just how much traffic traffic we get. Um, and and that, that's no big deal. I mean, that stuff comes with time. But I think the other thing that, that what you don't see on the site is we have a really active support forum that's open only to, you know, to our customers. It's not open to the general public. Um, and so a lot of stuff happens on the support forum um, that just doesn't even show up on the site. And um, I, I think that's where a lot of the sort of connecting and relationship building with our existing customers goes on because, the, you know, the guys that are in the forum and, and I do a little forum stuff, but, um, you know, Alistair, who, who basically runs the forum, um, he, you know, he, he just does an amazing job of, of um, keeping people happy. Um, he, he goes above and beyond what we sort of decided we were going to do with the forum, which was we want to support our themes, but we're not trying to really teach people how to use WordPress. And, you know, that's something that we, you know, sort of um, wanted to do, but ultimately he ends up doing it anyway. You know, he ends up giving a lot more support than, than what we sort of initially decided we wanted to do. So, you know, it, this is, uh, I, the, the forum is such a key, uh, you know, the support forum is such a key uh, value to that, that earlier proposition about, uh, you know, treating your, your, your best customer, your current customer is your best customer. And I think, you know, one of the, the philosophical arguments that you get into with, with folks about all the other things that you could do outside of your blog, like Twitter and Facebook and, you know, all those different sites is, you know, do you, uh, uh, de-emphasize your own website at you know is does your presence elsewhere come at the cost of your own website and i think uh, you, you know i think we often get so excited about the new shiny stuff uh, that doesn't really come uh, you know with any tangible benefit i think it's interesting to see that you guys are are you know taking the long view of of really seeing what the benefit is and and uh, I think that's prudent, uh, you know, to really watch and see what is the business, what is the business performance that you get out of, out of these tools. Right. Uh, this is, uh, you know, we've, I, I think we've, uh, we've exhausted our time today, but Michael, I, I want to thank you uh, so much for taking the time on short notice to come and, and chat with us for this, uh, this half hour and, and uh, give us some insight on what you uh, did with SoloStream and continue to do. Uh, and and again, congratulations on just a continuous stream of really quality themes for WordPress, and and uh, uh, it's very impressive work. Thank you, and thanks for having me. It's been Thank a real you. pleasure. Thank you very much, Michael. Thanks, Michael. My pleasure. Thanks, Megan. Thanks, Dean. Great conversation with Michael Pollack. That guy, he, you know, he is soft spoken and smart. Don't you get that feeling? Very smart. Very smart. But smart not guy. like smart that he gets it too. Not yeah. just like book smart. Doesn't want to rub like your face in it. Smart. No, right. he's a good guy. Uh, let's uh, let's move on to picks. What do we have? Dane. Yes. Well, my pick is Hootsuite. <laughs> love uh, Hootsuite. Yay. Why, why do you love Hootsuite? Uh, I, I, what is I what a, is Hootsuite? First of all. Yeah. What is okay? Hootsuite? Yeah, social media manager. Um, and, and really the best interface I found. I I uh, went to it because of, apparently a friend of mine up in Vancouver now works for them, and I thought, well, I should check them out. Uh, I don't know why, but I hadn't heard from them. Uh, or about them anywhere else, um, which is kind of odd. But it, I loaded it up, and I've looked at a few others. Um, gosh, I don't know, Ping FM, and I don't a few other things that, um, or Ping, I guess that uh, 
just had clunky interfaces and sort of, you know, all kinds of very obscure social media options, um, platforms I'm never going to get close to. This is a clean, fun-to-use interface and, and gives you a lot of control. And it's the first one, and I'm, you know, probably just missed something, but the first one that I've seen that allows you to manage not only your Facebook personal page, but any uh, fan pages that you have separately uh, so that you can sort of multi-broadcast to LinkedIn, uh, your Facebook page, uh, not your personal page, um, and a great uh, Twitter manager, you know, uh, lists and, you know, ways you can break out what you're following and, and how you're utilizing Twitter within Hootsuite, much better than using Twitter itself, in my opinion. So uh, it, it, all in one, I think it's fabulous. Now, Megan, you're using Hootsuite too, right? I am. And I'm primarily using it for Twitter right now. Um, but yeah, I uh, I was using TweetDeck, which I liked at first, but then it just started bugging and started crashing and it was horrible so it my dear friend pete wright turned me on to hootsuite um, and i love it and yesterday for because it's an online tool so there's no application to download but yesterday it wasn't updating anything from twitter and so what do i post on twitter what up hootsuite why is it say twitter api is bad or whatever it said and Hootsuite posts, I'm sure not back to me, but back to everyone who's having this issue. They say, you know, we're aware of this and working on it, which I love. I love seeing companies do that. It just makes me so happy. They seem to they seem to be a solid team. And and I'm glad you mentioned that, um, Megan, that it's TweetDeck. I, the thing I didn't like about it was I was running a new app. And I think it, it in my case, I don't know why, but it seemed to be kind of a ram sucker. And I didn't enjoy having that thing open on top of, you know, 800 things I have open. To have this website open, I'm sure it uses some RAM as well, but it doesn't really seem to affect any of my other performance. Exactly. You know what I like so much about Hootsuite? I've, I've been using it for a while now, and I switched. Um, I, I, I go back and forth between Tweety, the dedicated app uh, from 8Bits, uh, that I do dearly love. It's very elegant. But what I love so much about Hootsuite is this ability, as, as you said, Dane, to control each account individually that I can post to my, you know, a business account or a client Twitter account or, and not my personal account and have it in such a really easy interface. But uh, even more important than that is the built-in statistics package that you can go yes. in and look okay. at the most, you know, the links that you forwarded out to your Twitter feed and see what people are really clicking on. What are the things that people are really resonating with? And uh, and and, uh, and begin to build your own sort of editorial calendar for how you want to engage with your audience on Twitter. And I think that's a, that is a really important uh, addition to the suite. And they've, the way the interface works is it, it really is just very obvious how that uh, you know how the stats work uh, and and you can get to it very quickly from um, you know from right within the interface I think it's great and the hootlet uh, the little bookmark bar or bookmarklet that you can put into your bookmark bar is so full featured that you can finally you know schedule tweets to send later right from the page that you want to send so say i'm on i don't know why i would be there but yahoo.com and i want to you know post that to my twitter feed i click on the hootlet it opens up the link shortened already through their hourly uh, url shortener and i can say i want to post this tomorrow um you know if you're posting a lot of tweets uh, that's a great way not to overwhelm your yeah, followers. I like the send later yeah. too. So really, pe more people should be using that because I hate it when <laughs> I start following somebody and they take up 
my entire column because they're posting every five minutes. Right. Right. I totally agree. It's, it's, uh, it, it is a great tool. So I, I highly recommend it. it. I think it's fascinating that we come up with a pick and all three of us have the same pick on the same Yeah, thing. that's actually pretty weird. And uh, I want to give a shout out to my, uh, so my friend Dave Olson, a.k.a. Uncle Weed, who is the new uh, community director at Hootsuite. That's, that's Uncle Weed? That's Uncle Weed. I've the been following director. Uncle Weed forever. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's the man. Awesome. Uncle Weed, that's his Twitter name? He is so funny. He's very funny. So, I'm following him right now. So very, funny. very old friend and That's a cool. fabulous guy. Uh, oh, there he is. Yeah, he's he is very funny. Doesn't know me, but Uncle Weed, big fan. Big nice fan of your work, sure. brother. That's the awesome. the, the most active social uh, social media um, user that I that I couldn't even <laughs> think of. I mean, really, <laughs> blogging, social media, podcasting. This guy is all over it. That's that awesome. is awesome. Well, well, this, uh, this awesome. is—it's been a good show, you guys. Thank you for your time. Um, any closing remarks uh, before we sign off? No, N nothing. That's it. Where do we find you, Dane? <laughs> After that silence, <laughs> cut that out, please. All right. Um, yeah, Dane Christensen, Strike Ten Media, Strike Ten Media dot com. That's ten as in one zero. Uh, or on uh, Twitter, Alta Dane. And Megan. I am at encouraged.com. That's encouraged with an I or on Twitter at Megan Strand. And I am at uh, fifthandmain.com uh, or at on Twitter at Pete Wright. And so friend us up. We would love to hear from you. Let us know what's going on in your marketing world. And uh, we will catch you next time on The Naked Marketers. Mm -hmm.